0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good some bad but from everyone there has been something learned and now it's time to share that knowledge it's called paying it forward here these lessons learned are then paid forward to you with you paying it forward too
1: Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine Jorassi. I hope everybody had a great week this week. Today, my guest is Missy cohen Fife, And um, Missy has a a fascinating story. I'm always intrigued in entrepreneurs who start something from a concept and actually make things happen, and Missy is one of those people. So Missy is an entrepreneur. She's actually the founder of Babe Ease, and the inventor of the clean shopper. Now I know tons of moms out there listening have seen babies in the, in the shopping cart and they have that beautiful fabric covering the shopping cart to keep them safe from germs. Well, guess what? We have the inventor, the original inventor, Missy Cohen um, Fife with us today. So she's going to have a lot of information on helping us with all the knowledge she's learned in her her business. So, Missy, we know that you're a movie lover out there, and I can't wait to hear, I'm sure that's how you relax. You're a screenplay writer. Now, that you held back from me, but I did my research, and I found that out. And also, Missy has a wonderful, wonderful way of paying it forward. And... In our last segment, we're going to talk more about how Missy pays it forward with the ESCO-MGH Breast Cancer Research Fund. How's that, Missy? Did I do okay with my introduction? You did great. You did
2: great.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. So with that, I'd like to um, welcome Missy to the show. And um, Missy, maybe you could tell us, like, what really gave you that spark to get you started
2: with The Clean Shopper? Um. Well, was watching a man sneeze into his hands and then push the cart. I had, This was actually even before I had a baby, but I just was so grossed out by it. He um, didn't even wipe his hands on his pants, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be pushing that cart next. And I realized at that moment I wouldn't want to touch it myself, and soon after I had a baby and certainly didn't want him touching it. Um, and now my baby is a teenager and in high school, but he was um, really the inspiration behind the product, so, Um, and he's never been in a shopping cart without one. Yeah, I mean, it's just
1: such a great product, and I must say, Missy, I didn't know you, you know, seven years ago when I had a baby, but I, of course, got my clean shopper at Bye-Bye Baby. (laughs) And I, I have to say, it's so durable. I really used it for all three of my kids. Oh, it's great, such a great product.
2: Yeah. So bye it's, bye baby's I've, been a great, a, a great um, customer of ours. We really like working with them.
1: Yeah, I mean anything you need, it's all under one roof there. And bye bye baby, I got to tell you, I used to be such a regular customer. Like every other day, you know. The first time, mom, oh gosh, I need this, I need that, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's kind of funny so I'm so glad so now um, when did you start the company Missy?
2: Um, Well actually I started the company while I was running my PR business I um, had started my own PR consulting business um, in the very early 90s 1991 and was running that and really enjoying it and then I had uh, my first son And that's when I launched the product, but I did that while I was running the PR business because I wasn't really sure how it was going to go, and I uh, didn't want to let go of the lucrative business before um, I had gotten babies off the ground. And so I was sort of wearing a couple of hats, and eventually once um, the public started seeing me with the clean shopper in youth, I just couldn't... I couldn't get through a grocery outing without being attacked by moms, and I knew right then and there if I really wanted to make it happen, I had to sort of phase out the PR business and focus solely on babies. So um, I was fortunate in the sense that I had a PR background because that was very um, helpful to the growth of the company, in the, in, especially in the early years, um, because you know you can have a great product, but if no one knows it exists, then it really doesn't go anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, Missy, you've been such a great help, even with Glovies. And I think that I always tell you you're 10 years ahead of me. (laughs) And the key here is that, like you just said, it doesn't matter how good your product is. If the consumer doesn't know you exist, guess what? You know, it doesn't help anything. And I just think in our situation, in your situation, just as in mine, part of the problem is we have to educate the consumer that our products really work. I mean, how many people back then, I mean, of course, the moms came up to you and said, oh, wow, what a great product. I'd love to do that. But besides the initial group of moms that did that, how did you convince everybody that, you know, your product
2: was what they needed? Well, it it did take, I want to say it took about three years for the public to catch on. I Worked very hard at public relations, which um, really was extremely beneficial to the company. We did not do any advertising, per se, um, for the first three years we were in business, because word of mouth really generated a tremendous amount of business. And also the PR, I sent out a series of, I think three, all I did was sent to three national publications initially. I think it was Parenting, Parents, and American Baby. All three picked up. The, um picked up the press release I had, I packaged it with a sample and a little miniature shopping cart I did I, I did what I would have done if I had if I had been my own client so um, I put a nice pitch together and it was picked up in all three and that was national um, press in three different um, magazines so about six million circulation right off the bat and we started getting calls from Hawaii, California Nebraska everywhere. And the phone after that just rang off the hook because once someone received a clean shopper, they would use it. And then they would be really literally attacked by other people in stores, and they would say, just go to cleanshopper.com. And, you know, so it was a series of very targeted PR and word of mouth that really propelled the company initially. And um, I think one of the benefits to the clean shopper is that it is used in public so it's something that is always seen, whereas um, you know something like uh, maybe a baby monitor or uh, something else that isn't used in public, you don't have that immediate reaction. When it's right. Been used.
1: That's a that's a really good point. And you know what's so nice about all the PR that you got is that even if somebody did go out and purchase the Clean Shopper, when they saw the PR. Maybe a week later or whenever. It's such a validation, right? That, and you hey,
2: know, I, made I the right too, decision. Shortly after we we started generating um, PR, and I think it was Gosh, I want to say years ago. I mean, I'm going to you're going to see how old I am shortly. But you <laughs> no. know, I think in you know 2000 or 2001, um, you know. Inside Edition or somebody did a study and they showed the germs on a shopping cart. Well, Mm -hmm. just validated everything we had been trying to, to do for the past couple of years. And, you know, again, the phone started ringing off the hook because at the time, we were the only game in town. You know, nobody else made a shopping cart cover. And I really didn't know what to make of that. I said, oh, this is wonderful. No one else is going to ever, you know, it never occurred to me that the competition would pop up, but, you right. know, it was very validating to see national news uh, organizations talking about shopping cart germs. And then slowly the public did start to catch on, and it, there have been news story after news story on what actually is found on shopping carts. I mean, they're they're among the, the grossest uh, public... Uh-huh. Things that you can touch um, right up there with, you know, toilet seats. And toilet seats at public places are actually cleaned more often than shopping yeah. carts. So
1: That was amazing, Missy. When I did my research, that's exactly what I also read was that the toilet seat is actually cleaner than the shopping cart handle, which yeah. is, <laughs> you'd never think that. But you know what, Missy? So I also read, I cannot believe how accomplished you are, that you have 20 U.S. and international patents? Patents and and trademarks. trademarks. Not
2: just patents, but also trademarks. So the combination um, of patents and trademarks is just over 20, yes.
1: That's amazing. But now, how was somebody able to come in and copy your product?
2: Um, Well, a patent's a very sort of interesting beast. If you make... And, and when I when I did my patent, um, I and this is something I would love for people to learn. Um, always hire the very best that you can hire. You know, and at the mm-hmm. time, I didn't hire the best. I just went with someone straight out of law school because he was cheap. And right. when we did the patent, our claims were not very broad. We, I was, I said, oh, it, it's made this way, and it. Has piping and it and it does this and he wasn't savvy enough to say and advise me that the broader the claims, uh, the more protection I would have down the road. So, if someone now makes a shopping cart cover and and there are plenty out there that don't technically infringe my patent and so therefore I can't really go after them. I mean I could but. It would just be a waste of my time and money. Um, the ones who, who do infringe us, who have copied it exactly, we, sadly, I mean, we have to go after them. And we sure. always win because it's our patent. But it's very time-consuming. It's costly and, costly. and it's a drain yeah. on, on me mentally to do oh, it.
1: yeah. And it takes away. It creates negative energy in the business. But I want to make sure that our listeners know that Missy is the absolute original inventor. Which is, <laughs> I, I feel like you know. I know somebody famous. You know. Oh, every no. time, well, yes! I'm every so time famous.
2: I see that shopping cover, I'm like, "That was Missy's <laughs> idea."
1: You well, know, you know, the,
2: so. it, it's um, it's interesting because. Um, you know, there are still a number of, of consumers and a number. Oops. Yeah, that's okay, Missy. That's okay, you know, sorry. We'll hold on to that thought, and we'll be
1: back in just a few okay. short minutes. Okay, thanks.
0: We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirossi, right after these on Togginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical thinking in the real world, with Janet Hins, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th, on toginet.com. The American Rock and Roll
1: Countdown with Alex
0: Price. Now this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time, from number 40 all the way to number 1, with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Togenet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The
2: American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet.
0: Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Johan, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Tokenet Radio. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Tokenet.com.
1: Well, hi, everyone. It's Josephine again. And today we have Missy Cohen Fife from Babies, who's the inventor of The Clean Shopper. So, Missy, we were just talking about patents and um you were just in the middle of telling our listeners a little more about you know the patent process why don't you take it from there
2: um... well it's a, it is an interesting process it's um... It, it's lengthy um, and i would say anywhere from one to three years before your patent um... clears and and you're technically have a patented product and um... you know i it, the trademark process is a little shorter and in my Humble opinion, I think it's probably more beneficial and more important to have a trademark than um, than a patent, and I'm sure people will be jumping up and down and and screaming at that comment. but um mm-hmm. I think unless you're willing to spend the money to defend your patent then and you're not infringing someone else, I guess I should qualify that. Then you might not want to have a patent, um, and because it, it really it's a it's a time consuming process, and it can be expensive to to um, you know have your patent um, approved. And mm-hmm. unless, like I said, you're willing to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars to, or more to defend it, then I'm not sure it's worth it. Unless, of course, you you have the next wheel, in which case, go ahead and patent it. You know. Sure.
1: But the problem is, missing. Not everybody knows whether their product really is the next wheel. You know, it, uh, the patent, the whole pro- patent process is is a tough, tough decision. And I mean, even with my gloves, I went out there and researched it, and there were no disposable sanitary hand covers out there five years ago. And if you can believe it, I'm five years in in the process. And I really did hire the best patent attorneys out there. So that whole patent process is is a long, drawn-out thing, and um, it's extremely costly. So I kind of wish I had somebody telling me five years ago what you just said, Missy. It would have saved me probably a lot of time and a lot of money. But um, I'm just curious. Maybe you can um, describe the difference between the patent and the trademarks for the listeners, in case somebody is really trying to
2: decide between the two. Okay, well, um, I guess the easy, there are a couple of different patents. You can get a design patent, which would really only protect a design that you create. A lot of um, you know people who make textile prints, things like that, will patent their uh, or copyright and patent their designs. Copyrights something different, but they'll also copyright it. Um, uh, a utility patent which is what is the most gives you the most protection says okay how does the product work what does it do and it, you claim those particular items the functionality of the product mm-hmm. and anybody who tries to then copy that, they can make they can make one, they can make a coffee cup, for example, but they can't make it in the same shape and they can't um, have, you know, maybe they can't just have one handle, they have to have three handles or they have uh-huh. to do something that's very different and um, unique and serves a different function. It might have a hole in it that, you know, you can stick a straw in or whatever. I mean, there has to be something functionally different in order for them to manufacture their... Uh, their product without infringing on you, and technically, if they are improving your product by adding something different, they should be licensing the basic product from you and then making the improvement to it. No one ever does that um, and I suppose people don't do it because fighting you know and litigating in court is is obviously very expensive, and most people. Back off and don't do it, so they get. A, you know, someone will get away with making a similar product and making a minor change. But technically, the patent protects what you claim the function of the product is and how it's constructed. Whereas a trademark is the protection of a name or the way the name appears in in print. So, our Clean Shopper is our trademark. Um, that's the name of our of our signature product. And so that's trademarked, and someone can't come along and call their product the clean shopping cart cover because that is confusingly similar to our name, the clean shopper. And we can then argue that they're infringing our trademark. Um, A company, we we trademarked Clean Diner, which is our high chair cover, and Mm -hmm. a company came out and made a tidy diner. And so we argued that Tidy and Clean are confusingly similar, and they cha- they had to change the name of their product. So there's a trademark is a very – it's different in that it protects your name and the patent protects your product, I guess, is sort of a real easy way to look at it. That's um, great. And my name has always been very important to me. So um, we've developed a great reputation um, and – We don't want to mess with that and we don't want anyone messing with that now you know as far as our product goes well how many high chairs out there how many um uh, you know strollers how many cribs there are a lot of those out there but when you think about buying something you probably think of the brand and you have a respect for a particular brand and therefore you want to buy that brand and that's their trademark does that
1: help that was a great great explanation Thanks for doing that, Missy. I'm sure that's going to help somebody out there who's probably just trying to think whether it's worth the time and money to go for
2: the patent or whether they should just trademark their name. So I'd always so recommend doing a patentability search, um, you know, obviously yeah. in a trademark search, because you don't want to be in a position where you're infringing someone else and mm-hmm. you get the lovely letter in the mail after you've already started your marketing campaign and so forth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really important. Um, And, you know, certainly I wouldn't want to discourage someone from patenting a product that really should be patented either. Um, Had I done my patent better, you know, had I been smarter or hired a better person, you know, I would have far less competition right now, you know, so...
1: So it's there's... hard to know, though. Looking back, it's a little easier. But at the time, you probably just never imagined that other people would go out and copy it. You know?
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. I know. But it's I so must true. say,
1: Missy, theirs is not the quality of yours. Exactly. I mean, my my clean shopper went through three kids, and I can assure you that <laughs> there's a lot of products out there that will not live up to one kid. You know.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: You know, so, all right, I'd like to switch gears here, Missy. And I'm just in, amazed and um, at how real, real successful you are. You've come up with so many different products. It's not just a clean shopper. You have a, a whole entire line of products. But my question to you is, how about a business plan? Do you have a bu- business plan? Because it always seems to amaze me that there are so many people out there who have real successful companies and they don't have a business plan but sometimes i think if they had the business plan they'd be even more successful so if they're making five million that's great but if they had a business plan maybe they'd be making ten million so what are your thoughts about the business plan
2: um, i think you should have a business plan i have a business plan um, my business plan probably wouldn't pass muster when compared to a number of others um, but i use it as a benchmark for the company and Twice a year, I go back and I, I look at how far off I am from my goals, and okay. um, get back on track or redo you know or redo parts of the business plan. Um, I think it, it's really like having a working to do list that keeps you focused and um, allows you you know. I mean, it has to be, it's flexible. That's, I think, something that some people don't always get. Business plans aren't um, sort of set in stone, and you don't write this and then feel like a failure if you don't achieve it. It's really more of, um, you know, uh, sort of setting goals for yourself and your company and trying to propel to the next, trying to propel your company to the next level. But, you know, oftentimes, for instance, the past couple of years, 2008, 2009, those were very stressful years for most Businesses And, uh-huh. you know, going back and looking at the business plan, you might say, oh, gosh, I didn't, you know, God, I'm failing, I'm doing whatever. All it means is you go back and you look at your business plan and you say, okay, the economy tanked, which means, you know, I have to revise, um, you know, the financial section. I have to revise the, the marketing portion or I have to revise, you know, maybe our goals are changed now. Now maybe we're launching into a different we, – we find that, okay, green is big now, and we didn't realize green was so big, so let's take a right. look at developing a green segment to the company, you know, and so forth. So I, yeah. I think they're important, um, but I don't think they, they are these huge um, burdens that you have to carry around or anything or dread yeah. doing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Miss and I love the concept of even a one-page business plan, that you have your detailed business plan, and then you break that down into the one-page and, like you said, they're really mostly your goals of what you want to accomplish in the next six months, and also you know the market might change, and if it does change, how does that affect your goals? So I think that's great.
2: the only thing I would say about that is if you are in need of funding and you need to bring and you need to go right. to the bank you know for funding and things like that, mm-hmm. you know obviously the one pager isn't going to work you're going to need to have a very thorough um, you know, plan in place, mm-hmm. and that ha- that in that case, you know, you wanna you wanna make sure it's fine tuned. But even the bank knows it's just a business plan. You know, the bank knows. Well, this is looking at what your pot, you know, your best foot forward is, and and they understand that, I think. But um, you know, in, for a working business plan, something like what I use, for example mine, you know, I, I actually have to laugh at the one page because I've never been able to get it to one page. I, right. I, I can't even right. get my to-do list to one page. So, right. you know, but um, but I can see how, you know, when I was starting, I think just to have a one page sheet to sort of glance at and say okay, I, I needed to get X stores, you know, this year and I'm only at, at five or something or I wanted to have 20 and I'm at seven. I've really got to crank up my marketing and my sales effort, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. But, um, so in that respect, I can see that. But obviously, people that are um, looking for funding, it just needs to be a little more hefty.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's that's right. And um, I think that's wonderful you know, advice. So, Missy, that's great. So there's a few things that um, I have on my list that um, I'm sure we'll be able to cover. We're just coming up to a commercial in a minute. But I'd love to chat a little more about target markets. Mm-hmm. Um maybe we can talk a little about advertising social media and even just like um the employees in your company how to establish you know your business so it runs very smoothly and maybe we'll even talk a little bit about your daily you know work day. Okay. So we'll be back shortly Missy. Thanks so much.
0: be right back with more paying it forward with josephine jirossi right after these on Toginet.com. inspiring women to be true to themselves get ready for tracy porter radio on Toginet.com, 2 p.m central wednesdays starting november 4th tracy porter lifestyle home and fashion designer Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of Pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginat. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginat. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too, with Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on right. I'm
1: so happy, Missy. I feel like we're giving a lot of information. So um, I think we'll talk about the target market. Is that a good topic for you? How do you feel? Oh, Here we go. We're on again. That was quick. Well, hi, everyone. It's Josephine again, and um, I have Missy Cohen Fife from Babies. You know, Missy, before we get started with our new topics, what I'd love to do is give you the opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find you and, you know, your whole line of products. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about your different um, products.
2: Sure. Um, well, you can always find our products at cleanshopper.com and on our site we have a button where you can look for a store in your area um we're we're national and we're in some international places as well um one of our favorite retailers we love Bye Bye baby and uh Bed, bath and beyond uh, but we're we're in a lot of stores and um you know it really depends on what uh, what neighborhood you're in if you just go to cleanshopper.com you can click on a sign that says little button that says stores put in your hometown and Um, or city and and see what pops up there, and then you can just get our products locally. Um, But we have our original line, which is the Clean Shopper, and that that was our first signature product and one that um, really sort of um, really remains our top seller. Um, Over the years, we've come out with um, a number of complementary products, the Clean Diner High Chair cover that was actually inspired by a customer who who, several customers who kept calling and say, do you have one just for high chairs? And (laughs) if you had this, we'd buy it. That's
1: great, Missy. It's always good to listen to the customers, but isn't that great?
2: Yeah, it was, you know, really um, right after we launched too. And I thought, oh gosh, I can't, how am I going to come up with another product? I just did this one. I'm so, you know, you're so strung out with just the launch and making sure everything's perfect and making sure people are getting their goods and, um, just, it's a very, you can't imagine now doing it again. But um, the second time, the second thing you launch is so much easier because you've already done it the first time. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, we came out with the clean changer changing pad, and we came out with a twins version of the clean shopper for the wholesale carts. And then I wrote a baby book and put it together with toys I. Just little plush toys I developed. And so that's oh, my... wait
1: a second, Missy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but let's talk about that baby book a little more.
2: It was just a fun little project. I had this idea that when you go shopping, obviously my my product is used in a shopping cart, so you're going to mm-hmm. take your baby to the grocery store, and my kids are always very inquisitive, and they always want to know what's that and what's that and So I thought, you know, it would be a great way to teach your kids the alphabet. You go through the grocery store, you're going to find something that begins with every letter of the alphabet. So I put together these plush um, letters, A through Z, and um, a board book that talked about, it was a rhyming board book that talks about going through the grocery store and pointing out all the letters, all, all the foods that begin with the various letters so you can the, the baby can take the toys and attach them to the toy loops on the clean shopper so say they take a and b with them and then mom points out all the things in the store that begin with the letter a and all the things that begin with the letter b that was the concept behind that that product um,
1: that's great that's great and I, i'm sure that's turning into probably one of your best sellers yeah it's it's yeah people like it <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah missy you're so modest
2: you make me laugh <laughs> So, but that's um, you know, in a nutshell. I mean, we try to um, you know keep up with the times and launch new prints um, a couple times a year and come out with some more expensive lines. We have a chic line now and a a luxe minky line. So if you were you know looking for a more upscale, clean shopper, you could get our chic line, and and that's packaged differently. And we um, I work with a designer on the prints for those and. And then there's a Lux Minky line, and that's if you really want to go high-end, you know, and right. um, that's for the prince or the princess, you know. So we try to um, to keep up and, and keep on top of what's trendy in the market.
1: So that sounds great, Missy. Thanks for that update. That's great. So, all right, maybe we'll, um, let's talk a little bit about the target market, Missy. How did you figure out who your target market was? Like, was it always clear in your mind from day one or did that just, was it an evolving process?
2: It, it was pretty much always clear. Um, my target is uh, mothers of babies, typically six months to three years. Um, that's my target. And my secondary target are, is grandparents, grandmothers. Yeah. Um, and and it's always been, um, you know, at first I wasn't, sh- at first I have to say I did need to uh, you know, fine tune it a bit because I thought, oh, anybody having a baby. But really, it's uh, once that baby can sit up, that's when the mom really recognizes the need for the clean shopper. Um, until then, they're sort of focused on the whole breastfeeding or the uh, cribs and, you know, um, car seat. They're not so much thinking about the baby being at all independent because once the baby can sit up, then uh-huh. the baby reaches a little bit of a milestone, and um, the perspective becomes a little different from the parent's point of view. Um, you don't realize when your baby is an infant that they're going to be chewing on metal. I mean, it never occurs to right. you.
1: Right. But well, that's funny. Well, Missy, I have to tell you a funny story about the Target market, even with Glovies. The strangest thing is, like, my past, like, 20 orders online, everybody is buying the Glovies for baby showers. And I'm like, "That's so funny to me. I'm like, I would never in a million years think that people would want to give glovies for a baby shower, mm-hmm. but their whole thing was you know a lot of times parents having babies, they have the older sibling or whatever, and it's just so funny when you talk about target markets. sometimes it just comes out of nowhere, and um on well, the because new, i the I could showers. see how
2: if you're giving if you're having a shower." and you bring something for the new baby, you definitely, Glovie's is perfect for the toddler who's sitting there not getting much attention because the baby's getting all the attention. Right. You know, so it's perfect to have that type of a gift for for the toddler.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny, but I have to tell you, Missy, I can't tell you how many baby showers I've gone to that one of the gifts were also the clean shopper.
2: Oh, well, that's good to hear. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, so I got to tell you, it's a market I think we have to tap into
2: really hard. Get into that gift market, yeah. I mean, we we've done some gift shows. Um, um, we don't pretty, we don't do too many consumer shows. I don't think we've done any in in the past probably five to seven years. But we we do um, trade shows where just the buyers from stores can come. And um, recently, we've done a couple of the gift shows, and those have been very um, very lucrative for us. So. Um you're right. I mean definitely gift is is a great uh a great market to explore.
1: Yeah, that's funny. But um all right, so we got the target market down. What about advertising, Missy? What do you, what kind of suggestions do you have to people out there? You know, one of the toughest things I think about running a business is let's say you have a budget of x dollars. No matter how much that money is, if it's, you know, $100,000 or $50,000 or half a million dollars, it doesn't matter what that number is. The thing is, you have certain things you have to get done in order to make your business successful. And I think part of the, or one of the hardest parts is deciding, well, how much money should I invest, let's say, in advertising, on social media, you know, the time and effort put into that, on patents and Every you know, all the different pieces that make the company come together. So advertising is always interesting to me because some people believe in it so much and other people don't. So my question to you is twofold. The first thing is, what is your feeling about advertising? And the second thing is, we know that
2: PR is different from
1: advertising, but how would you really distinguish the two of them? Um,
2: that's a really good question. Um, I would say, first of all, all PR and, and um and advertising fall under sort of the main category of marketing and in any business you need to be able to market successfully in order to get your customers so in the way I've run the company is typically ten percent of our um, our sales you know ten percent of the growth um, goes towards marketing so for example if we were a hundred thousand dollar company then ten thousand dollars would be my budget for uh, marketing and then I would take that budget and say okay what's the best way to get my word out and generate sales and then I might say well um, I can do my own PR so that doesn't cost me anything so I know I'm doing PR because number one when a reporter writes about you it really goes much further than when you write about yourself in an ad so that's definitely I'm going to do that and that's not going to cost me anything Um, two I'm going to attend a trade show because in my business um, I need to be in front of buyers because 90% of my business comes from Um, retail, the trade, not direct to consumer. So how's the best way to get in front of, you know, a lot of buyers? Well, if I do a trade show where a thousand buyers are going to be there, that's probably a good bang for my buck. And then I say, okay, now I need to take a look at what do I want to do to promote the business further. Now, maybe I might do a direct mail campaign or I might do, um, say, okay, I've got, $6,000 $6,000 left. I want $3,000 to go to advertising. But now I want to figure out where should I run those ads. And for me, because I market to uh, buyers, I need to be in, in, the, in the magazines that the buyers are reading. So oh, you- That's
1: a good, good point. I think that's so smart because if the buyers are reading it, once again, a lot of times it's a reinforcement like, wow, this is great. I'm so glad I got this product in. Or if they were on the fence about something, maybe that will help them make that final decision to take on the product.
2: Right, because it does give you credibility. I mean, if you're advertising, they know you're viable. They know, um, uh, you, you know, they. it's just awareness. You know, it's sort of they uh-huh. might they might scan it and say, oh, that's interesting, I've never seen that before. Um, so, you know, in, in my industry, there are, Certain trade publications that we advertise in because we found that they work for us. One is Baby and Kids Magazine, and what's beneficial to us about that particular magazine um, is pretty much that they they market it with uh, giftware news. So even though you're only paying for an ad in one uh, publication. You're getting the you're getting sent out with a bigger circulation, so so more people are actually seeing the ad than would if they just sent that magazine out solo. Um, oh, that's so there's great. A couple of things you want to take a look at, and and then you and then you say, okay, now I've got a thousand dollars left, and what do I want to do with that thousand dollars? And you know, when you're doing your budget, you do want to leave yourself a little bit of leeway because a remnant may come along. Parents Magazine may call and say, gee, we have a back of the book quarter or sorry 12th of the page normally it would go for 6000 we have it for 1200 do you want it and you think whoa you know i could be in the back of the book and blah 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 maybe i'll take that even though i'm 200 over budget you know maybe mm-hmm. i can still swing that extra 200 you know so you want to really just take a look at the opportunities that you have and which one gives you the best bang for your buck social networking is if you're not hiring someone and doing it yourself obviously you're not paying for it the only i mean i have I have social networking, um, I don't know, paranoia or issues. I just right. you know, really have to get better at it. Um, no,
1: I think you're pretty good.
2: With, oh, I haven't done anything on my blog or my Twitter or Facebook.
1: Well, and, it's really hard <laughs> to keep up, but we'll be back shortly. <laughs>
0: be right back with more paying it forward with josephine Jurasi. right after these on Toginet.com. being frugal doesn't mean being cheap and the frugalitarian is here to show you how jody olson is the frugalitarian on TuggyNet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays.
2: This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style,
0: bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On The Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion-savvy, and earth-friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing.
2: I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely
0: low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday. You'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information. The newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on toginet.com Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur or be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to bang It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine. And um, we just have one more segment. And, Missy, I can't believe how much information you've given us so far Um, and I thought maybe we would just touch a little bit more on social media. And then, um, let's talk about how you set up your company. So as far as social media goes, you know, Missy, I think we're all in the same boat. It's funny. It's like we all have really good intentions. And at the end of the day, it's just like, oh my gosh, I didn't have time to write that blog. And it's just hard between Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our blogs to stay on top of it, but what are your feelings about social media?
2: Um, you know, I'm, pro- I'm showing my age because I I can't keep. I've tried to keep up with it. It's so hard. I somebody was, you know, I get these notices. This person's following you on Twitter, and I think I feel bad for that person because I haven't <laughs> said anything, you know, recently <laughs> on Twitter, you know, worth following. Um, and, when you know, I, I, for me it seems my day will fly by and then I all of a sudden realize I didn't do this. I didn't update anything. I haven't written in my blog. And for me to write on my blog or to do something, I really want it to be beneficial to whoever's going to read it. And um, and so that takes time, you know. And I, I don't want to just throw out, you know, I, I did laundry today because who cares if I did laundry? <laughs> No, I don't care that I did laundry so I I find it sort of an enigma really you know I, I would love to be able to sit back and, and do nothing but write all day because I love to write but at the same time I have products to launch and I have campaigns to manage and and you know I have inventory uh, to cry over or whatever and right. you know these things really do take up most of my time and um, You know, it it is hard for me to find the time to, you know, really take advantage of what social networking offers.
1: Yeah, I I hear you. Don't worry. You're not the only one because I think there's just so many people out there. But I'll tell you, Missy, I have a little feature on my laptop that automatically brings up. It's just, um, I don't know if they're, they're gadgets. And one of the gadgets is actually Twitter. And it's kind of cool because you can just go in and click on um, Twitter. It's like already up on your screen. You know how some people have their clock on their their, desktop, their
0: their screen, their computer?
1: Yeah, they have a Twitter Explorer button Hmm. that you can click on. And that's how I've been trying to keep up with it. So every morning when I come in and I start, I try to just send, like, a quick little tweet. And, like, after our interview today, I'll go on and I'll tweet that I had this fabulous interview. <laughs> you know, so it's just hard to keep up with the social media. But I got to tell you, it's, it is a good and fascinating thing. So, um, all right, let's talk a little more about, um, let's talk about setting up the office and the employees, and I don't know about you, Missy, but every time I think about adding another employee, it's such a responsibility, because I never want to let down that employee, and you have to have, you know, enough to keep them busy, enough funds coming in, and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. especially when you're kind of in the startup phase. So, what are your suggestions on that?
2: Um you, you need well as you grow obviously you really do need um staff and you need um people to do the things that you really just can't do anymore. Um you know my father always said um surround yourself with people who are at least as good as you are but probably better because they right. lift you up and uh-huh. it's so true. Um you know I When I hire someone, and I should say, I probably should preface this by saying that I am a control freak, so it's very hard for control freaks to let go of parts of their business because no one can package a product like I can you know, no one can answer the phone like me, and no one can do anything like me. Um, but you, start, you really do find out that actually they can, and some of them do it much better than you, and they should be the ones doing it. Um, and, you know, once you sort of come to that realization, you know what you really look for in an employee. You're looking for someone who is better at, at those things that you just don't do well. And um, for me, it's accounting. It's graphic design. It's pretty much everything. <laughs> no, that's not true. It is, it is true. Um, Cheryl, who I can't speak highly enough of, because, is really my right and my left hand. I mean, the woman runs the business. You know, I um, I show up and, and, and do what I have to do, but um, Cheryl deals with most of the day-to-day operations, and I outsource a tremendous amount of um, of everything else, really. Um, that was going
1: to be my next question to you, Missy. But let's talk about Cheryl for a minute. So at what point in the business did you decide that you needed that right-hand person? I know Cheryl's been with you for a long time, but like, how does that new business owner say, okay, can handle it myself, let me hire somebody? And how do you go about finding that right-hand person? Like, Did you go through several people before you came up with Cheryl and said, ah, she's the one for me?
2: Yeah, I've had so many employees come in and out of here that I can't even remember. I I just can't tell you how many. I mean, off the top of my head, I couldn't remember all of them that have worked here. Um, Cheryl has started off in our um, shipping department. She was just packaging uh, up items and shipping them out for us um, about 20 hours a week when she first started. And you... Once you are working with, with people, you get to see what they excel at and you get to see the differences between employees, whereas some employees would sit back and wait for you to give them work. Cheryl always went after the work, and she always took on whatever needed to be done. I might turn around and she'd be doing something else, and um, I think I was always so impressed by that because she didn't wait for me to say, okay, once you're done with that, do this. She developed her own um, sort of method of going about getting things done, she surpassed everybody, and she kept getting promotions, and now, pretty much, I mean, I think she's been with me, this is her um, eighth year, and wow. her anniversary comes up this March, and so, you know, eight years of, of growing, and she practically runs the business now. <laughs> um, I mean, she's much That's better a at... That's blessing.
1: Honestly, know. Missy, that doesn't come by too often, so I'm so glad that you have Cheryl. So that's Yeah, wonderful. yeah, I mean, I everybody
2: should have a Cheryl. I really think that.
1: Yeah, and you know what? She's almost like a buffer because if something goes wrong, it's great that she can probably handle a lot of it so that you aren't really interrupted and you can still focus on what you're focusing on.
2: Right. I I learned something a long time ago. I I did some PR for Staples. This this was way back when uh, Staples was, um, you know, a bit of a smaller entity than it, than it is now. But um, I worked, to, I, they were one of my clients, and I um, would go in, and I loved the mentality of the way this company worked. They had the belief, and they really stood by it, that you empower your employees to make decisions, and then those employees will make good decisions. It just, you know. Um, yeah, that's a good point. They always did it, and I respected that, and I thought I've worked for people in the past who wouldn't allow employees to make a decision no matter what, oh. and the mentality and the way the, the company runs is vastly different from those companies that empower their employees to to do their best, and I think, you know, sometimes Cheryl used to say, well, should I do this or can I do that, and I would just look at her and say, well, what do you think, and she would inevitably make the right decision. And I'd say, you know, you don't need to ask me these questions. You know what the right decision is. You know, you go ahead and do it. And um, now, you know, when I go on vacation, I don't, I don't think about the office, you know, because Cheryl has it under control. And, well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think people sometimes are, it's hard to give up that control. and then, But once you do and you realize, you know, it, it really is the better thing to do going yeah. forward.
1: Well, that's wonderful. So I just want to tell you a quick funny story about Staples. Um, One lesson that I learned about going into Staples is you should never wear a red shirt missing. (laughs) (laughs) If I tell you I made this mistake, I was living in Manhattan years ago, and it was a busy, busy Staples. Can I tell you in like the 15 minutes that I went there on my lunch hour, I think it was like wearing a red suit or something, Fifty people ask me different questions, and I'm like, I don't work here. <laughs> so never wear red when you go to stables. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, all right. So, Missy, we got that down. My question, I have another question. What about virtual assistants? Like, it sounds with, like you have Cheryl. It probably sounds like you don't need a virtual assistant, but um, it seems
2: to be catching on with a lot of people. Well, you know, I have someone who works for me. Um, one day a week, and she does my personal, some personal things for me because I can't do all the errands I'm supposed to do, and I can't, I, I, I can't do it. So um, I just don't have the time. So she'll come in and do those things, and and then I, I outsource, which I think might be similar to what a virtual, virtual assistant does. I outsource a lot of things that we don't do here in the office. I outsource my accounting, my graphic design, my legal, my Warehousing, And so these, um, instead of me having to run a warehouse or me having to keep on staff a lawyer or keep on staff an accountant, these are people that, that work for me um, when I need them. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I don't have a virtual assistant, but I think it's so helpful if someone can take something off of your plate that... Uh, they can probably do better than you, and in a, and and more efficiently than you. I guess uh-huh. is a better better word. Um, that's always helpful. Um, yeah. And so I would assume that a virtual assistant would be a benefit to you, um, because that that just takes some things off your plate and lets you focus more on growing your business.
1: That's great. So Missy, we're we're probably at a minute and a half left, and I want to make sure we have time to discuss how you pay it forward as far as the breast cancer research. So. Do you want to um, tell us a little bit about
2: that? Sure. Um, my father started the ESCO MGH Breast Cancer Research Fund when my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, uh, geez, back in I think 93 now. Um, and she is fine now. I suppose I should preface everything by saying that she is a yeah. survivor. And um, our fund. Um, we basically what we do is we fund very specific breast cancer research at the Mass General Hospital in Boston. And over the years, we've made incredible strides. And um, recently, we were honored as one of the most one of the one hundred most beneficial um, um, cancer care organizations in the Boston area oh. because of what we do.
1: So. That is amazing. So congratulations on that, Missy. That is really a touching story because I know how important it is to you know get funds out there for breast cancer research but missy so we're coming up to a close on the show and I have to tell you this was absolutely one of my best shows I <laughs> enjoyed it so much it went so fast and I feel like you truly paid it forward with all the lessons that you shared for our listeners so thanks so much missy thanks See for you next having week, me everyone thanks
0: Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Tarasi on TogiNet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned,